guys are back. We had a little bit of difficulty there. Tony Morales shit the bed again. Uh, Miss Tyra, I'm really, really sorry about I, that. I wore a diaper. <laughs> you know, we tried that on the last road trip, man, and it was still a mess. Oh. It was, still it was a mess. my car, so it's okay. Well, hey, man, like hosing out whatever it was we were hosing out of your car at a, at a CD 7 Eleven at 2 a.m. wasn't that fun. That's because you wanted Whataburger. I did want Whataburger. Oh. Yeah, we're, we're getting. You know, we're getting Whataburger here, right, Tyra? Oh. Uh, oh. Um, I've tried the Whataburger brand when I was in Texas. <laughs> Is that what what you mean? I'm trying yeah, to sell that's everyone exactly on what we mean. You know what we mean. Okay. <laughs> I'm a foodie, so when I was in Texas, everyone was all harping about it, saying you got to try the Whataburger, so I did. And, um, yeah, it's a very, very, um, what's what's the right word? Um, Generous portions, looks like a burger, big size burger for sure. Um, Quite tasty, you know? Uh, And I also tried the In-N-Out when I was in California, so definitely enjoy that as well. So I'm definitely not going to be like one's better than the other. I, can, um, I just say both are great. <laughs> I, can, I can hear you being nice, and I hear that I hear that f those burger places because I've seen the pictures of in, in the videos you cooking food. That's not fair. Like, <laughs> like honestly, like I'm not trying to be funny. Like the shit you post on Instagram of you cooking and the videos of the food you're posting. Like, like if I had just had Thanksgiving dinner with my mother, and then you posted <laughs> that you're cooking this, everyone's invited to come. I would go straight to the bathroom. Put my finger down my throat, puke all oh. that up, text you on my way. Oh Lord, I would not. I would not encourage bulimia. No, but I, I take the compliment nonetheless. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think because of like, COVID, it just makes me. Uh, sorry, apologies. You were saying sorry. Oh, sorry. I just said, just save me a plate. Yeah. So many better um, ways to go about that. I apologize. <laughs> all good. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess the COVID kind of made me have to explore, um, just satisfy my cravings. And I just went into cooking full on and, um, eventually I enjoy it because yeah, everyone in the house gets to try my cooking (laughs) and be my guinea pig or, or not. (laughs) You have a wonderful assortment of people at your home. Like I love hearing the tales of what, what goes down at Tyra and Joey's house of like how the food and just everyone is welcome. Like it's, it's one of those. Yeah. We welcome everyone. (laughs) It's one of those great things about, about wrestling that I, I only heard in the like whispers of the dirt sheets of what the good stuff was, but like I've gotten more and more of the good stuff. And it sounds like Joey and Tyra's house is, uh, the place to be when you're hungry. Oh, for sure. I make sure I feed everyone, even our out-of-state guests when they come sleep over for, you know, after our shows and all. Um, I make sure they try my cooking as well. So, like, I think last year's, uh, yeah, last year's slave around September, October, uh, we had a carload from Amarillo, Texas, that came over to our um, annual Slaves of Death Match show. Nice. And, um, uh, yeah, they, they said they like spicy, so I let them try my um, Thai chicken green curry. And, uh, yeah, they didn't go to the bathroom, so that's a good sign, right? <laughs> <laughs> Always a plus. Maybe at your house, but on that road trip home, that must have sucked. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they had to stop many times or find a bush somewhere, maybe. <laughs> but, yeah, I take pride I take pride in my cooking. Um, not pro or anything. I just cook the way I like the taste. And, um, 
ever since Joey, uh, my fiance, owner of Primo's and a wrestler and a booker himself. Um, Joey, he ever since he dated me, um, he's definitely enjoying more spicy food a little more than me. Because, like, for example, in uh, Japanese restaurants, when you order certain foods like sushi, um, you got to have the wasabi correct, with the soy sauce. Right. I probably do like a like a nice little maybe fingernail amount, but he'll definitely put like a full tablespoon of it and oh just God. eat it. So I'm like, OK, um, more than what I would. But OK, I'm <laughs> okay. kind of impressed. I know we're talking about food. I know we're talking about food, but that's some of it's joy. I'm a foodie. No, no, we're going to keep talking about food, but that ask Joey, what was all that one in a million talk? I didn't know you guys were engaged. <laughs> yeah. Him sliding um, in, Joey sliding in my DMs at three in the morning. No, I'm just kidding. He's like uh jo- Joey <laughs> Joey is uh I'm glad you brought that up about him before we talk more about food, is that um the hospitality shown at Primo's he was wonderful mm-hmm. wonderful, wonderful. Uh stuff I'll talk about off off uh off um not we're not camera but we're you know on audio recording, but uh, <laughs> that, that that I'm I it made me feel so welcomed. And important. I'm glad. And that's uh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> I uh, we we can't wait to be there. We we actually uh, want to talk to you about something cool we're, we've been working on after um, we're done recording. But uh, tell sure, us, sure, definitely. Tell us uh, some of like, is there a favorite recipe you found during COVID that like just knocked everyone's socks off? You didn't know that you were gonna like or really challenged you? Um, yeah, I, I kind of made up my own marinade. I mean, it was a lot of balsamic vinegar. That's the key ingredient for that. <laughs> But um, just try, uh, trying to do marinade, I'm definitely calling it my yummy chicken. So far, it's the house favorite. And um, it's definitely a nice balance between, like, savory and sweet and sour at the same time. I'm sorry, but <laughs> I, I don't know what a marinade is. A marinade is just, like, um, I guess a liquid form that you make all your ingredients and you kind of soak your meat in for, like, Usually overnight, but then in general, if you are in a rush, it's usually about an hour to two hours before you cook it. That's what we call a marinade. And then, <laughs> like, what sort of meat would you use? Um, definitely the. Um, so far, uh, we're trying to eat healthy, <laughs> so I try and cook um, chicken breast or the big rib breast quarter body thing. Goodness, the chicken out here in America are huge, way bigger than my head. Goodness, uh, <laughs> people say they're starving. I mean, I could barely eat one breast without, like, feeling full. Right. <laughs> I, I found that. Yeah, I, t- I try to go for the breast, yeah, so it's more tender and more juicy and people, well, we try to eat more healthy. <laughs> no, no, I, I dig it, man. Like, do you guys, like, meal prep or anything like that? Um, I try, but for the most part, it's like whatever I cook that night. Um, they eat it or not, it's up to everyone. But for the most part, everyone eat it, so, Yeah. Um, my favorite so far, and definitely my favorite Thai food for sure, is called the um, um, holy basil, a Thai holy basil stir fry with like meat. Mm-hmm. And um, in our language, in our language, we call it kerpao because of the holy basil. Kerpao. So my, yeah, we call it kerpao. It sounds like an onomatopoeia of like your comics doing kerpao, boom, yeah. bop, pop, and all right. Yeah. So that's what stood out about my favorite dish it's called Kerpau. it sounds like the automatopoeia and i decided to use that name as my one of my finishers for the shining wizard Kerpau shining wizard and it, it stood out um as one of my finishers yeah i've heard tony scream it out commentary 
is be like, crop out, crop out. Oh, that would have been awesome. Oh, that no, would have been I, awesome. I, I, at least once while we were there and freaking. I know. I know. I At the time, my ankle definitely wasn't on my favor at that time. Uh, so it wasn't advised to do that. But easily, other than that, easily one of my the alternative was fine. Calls. Yeah. <laughs> love that. Love that. Tony, Tony always pops. Tony always pops hard when you're wrestling, man. Like you, you, you really and, uh, and no smoke. Just because we're on recording right now, or just because like you're oh, you all, you all too kind. Um, you're phenomenal out there. Like the, you're. The, oh, I'm glad. You're the I'm way glad. You, the way you present yourself. I love I love watching the way people walk out and when they pose. You know, like when like you know when Stone Cold with the oh yeah their entrance their, their entrance pose. Your pose is it, it it's fluid. It's gorgeous. I've never seen it before. I've seen variants uh, of it, but you've got your like uh, you don't have that semblance of um, she's doing this girl's gimmick or because I remember like hearing when before Abaddon hit it big. Uh, I remember hearing people in locker rooms being like, oh, she's doing holiday shit. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, some people say Rosemary. Some people say, yeah, um, Sue Young's um, Undead Bride. You yeah. know, a lot of people have their own opinions Un- and uh, variation. Yeah. Uneducated. Or Bodhi. <laughs> but yours is very, very Tyra. Oh, uh, I just try to be my own because I'm not perfect either. So I just try to do my own thing. <laughs> I like watching. But I think that's what works with it, though. I think it's like the the confidence of being yourself, really. Like you go out there and you 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 carry. Because I know you you go by the exotic panther, and like yeah, that that nickname was very uh, unique for sure. Because like um, I never like you know how people start off when they came into wrestling and they came up with their gimmicks and their personas and their outfits. The nickname was never given to me from the start. I only earned it when I went on the underground scene in Japan. Like, you know, the actual um, nomad. (laughs) The ropes are chained. Um, There's broken glass here and there, and you're literally underground of a restaurant. (laughs) <laughs> like, wow. like, how do you even get? How do you even get into that scene? You like, like, wander into like the back of a CD bar, like, like. You would think so. Maybe if you're in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe if you're in Hollywood, you would think such a thing when you watch like generic Asian movies from the 80s and 90s. Or you walk into the attic and like kind of and get yourself in a fight. Did he but, mouth? Um, Did no, he mouth? I was. Um... <laughs> <laughs> From, from Howard, but I uh, know it's from not Howard's that password. <laughs> it all makes sense. The password is for Al. <laughs> you, you gotta elaborate on um, that, Tara. Um, well, I was, uh, how should I say? Um, I was challenged or invited, actually. And uh, you know how you watch those um, those movies about underground under, underground fights where you hear stories about like. Um, like Fumate and shit, whereby sometimes they fight bare hands, sometimes they'll fight with like wrapped up tarp with broken glass and shit like that. You hear stories of those. But um, I think for this federation, they basically do um, pretty much shoot wrestling. So mm. if you know how to grapple, you know how to do ju- judo, all oh, that helps when you toss big guys off you. <laughs> um, if you're able to strike, and by strike, they really mean hard, snug. Uh, you know, Japan's strong style. This is all the foundation of it, clearly. And um, this was uh, definitely a small independent bed that 
um, the setting is exactly underground, <laughs> under wow. a restaurant. <laughs> wow, I love it. And they don't have ropes. They um, the seats are like a bar, how you would uh, a tall stool. Um, definitely, you see bits of glass here and there on the floor. <laughs> There's no mat, and you have canes instead of ropes. And so, yeah, that hurts when you get pinched on it or lean against the uh, the chains because it hurts. They pinch on you. <laughs> I, I imagine that the uh, drug testing was pretty pretty. Uh, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no illegal stuff. It's amazing it in certain countries, marijuana is like, you know, punishment is by death or life imprisonment. But then it's easy to find the other stuff, like um, ecstasy and so forth. It's just amazing how certain countries are so biased, (laughs) and their their policies are pretty harsh. So in Japan, marijuana, forget it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> forget it not worth it <laughs> so intriguing man like because like jokes aside like uh from what mm. i understand in japan you got to be careful when you wrestle because you gotta uh from i can't remember what podcast or what magazine i was reading but you gotta know where not to fall because there might be some yakuza guys there yeah yakuza. yes they are everywhere yeah they are everywhere so you don't m- mess around you know you don't disrespect that's why everything is pretty much monitored lack of a better word right yeah everybody will know and if the police don't do anything about it they will does that make sense uh, yeah that, that <laughs> yeah. makes perfect sense yeah did, did you ever yeah. like meet a straight up yakuza person like like and we're cool with them like uh, I'm, I'm curious about I've... no i know i'm not that high of a profile i'm not that high up in that hierarchy no way <laughs> but i'm very sure they have their influence in every business is really so whether i go to a restaurant chances are there may be a relation with them you go to a freaking food stall or souvenir shop or (laughs) anything any form of business you can think of chances are they have some relationship with them and you have to be certain certain hierarchy to be around them if that makes sense (laughs) the one thing's for sure before the police do anything, they're the first to do something about it. That's for sure. <laughs> so oh, you don't wow. play around, Did especially you... if you're uh, if you're a foreigner. And by foreigner, I mean non-looking Asian oh. <laughs> in particular. You know, I, I get exactly what you're saying because when I lived in Guam, I lived in Guam for two and a half mm. years, and uh, I'm Mexican uh, native and Spanish Spanish. And when I moved to Guam, the most racist place I've ever lived in my life, and I've lived in Montgomery, Alabama. Um, is they the the Tremor people, which is uh, the the native people in Guam? Uh, yes, they're a mixture of their the native Tremoro, uh, a, a lot of Polyn- uh, most Polynesian islands and Japanese and Filipino and Thai, like anything Asian. They're they're a really specific hodgepodge. If you know yeah. basic Spanish, you'll understand what half of what they're saying because it's it's that integrated. But the thing was, yeah, is because. I my skin color was almost Very what fair. they were okay with that I I was privy to a lot of conversations that I would not be privy to. Now, mm-hmm. being Thai and looking just Asian in general, I'm not trying to generalize you at all. I'm just saying like from someone that doesn't know where you're from and you're in Japan, yeah. did, did you ever find yourself in situations hearing shit that like that shouldn't have you shouldn't have heard? 
Um, I have. I have. I mean, but it was the stereotype of Thailand. Happy ending, right? So people trying to make a funny joke about that, and I'm not supposed to get mad about it, but you gotta keep, you have to really, really keep yourself calm. Such a situation like that, because it doesn't help when you escalate or react. I mean, it's just as bad as hecklers. Right. Not as, but the only difference is that you're in a foreign country and you can't do anything about it. So it's best to walk away <laughs> with that kind of situation. And let me just put this out there, and I'm sure every other Asian. And by other Asian, I meant American Asian or Asians from our mother, mother, motherland countries and all. I mean, we all just don't get along. Okay. Right, right. um, Myself being a a tan or olive skin Asian Thai, I will always face a situation where I get uh, treated as though I'm uh, so-called, what do you call them? Red light district ladies, lack of a better word. Oh, wow. (laughs) Because I'm from there. You see, and I get that fuck messed up. Sorry, part of my language. Uh, I get that messed up stereotype, no, or the up. fact Say that I'm it. I'm a I'm a curvy Asian tan girl, um, and speak decent English. The automatic stereotype would be Filipina, but I don't even speak the dialogue or have any relation. So you end up being, in my case, I get forced into a category that I don't belong, and it really really gets on my nerves. But I just walk away because I know it's not worth getting fight over especially if you're in a foreign country <laughs> yeah because it's not worth it you don't want to end up in a, a foreign jail uh, that, that that's terrifying i'm, I'm sorry oh, trust me trust me it's not worth going to jail or having a record um so petty um and thankfully the american dollar is is strong that you know sometimes you can't put stuff under the table and get away and if you know good good network of people then you're good <laughs> if not then Someone's out to get you. <laughs> um, wow. Um, I don't know how else to describe it, but yeah, you when you when you go into a foreign country, a lot of times, myself as a Thai American, um, I am reminded of like, hey, this is not home. This is their rules. Try and stay within the rules. Right. Yeah, you're kind of playing. You're kind of playing their game, huh? Yeah, and you have it is like a game, but you just don't want to mess around with, say, visa. If you do get yeah. in a, a scuffle, and by scuffle I meant punch someone in the bar, um, yeah, it's not worth getting yourself deported and being back blacklisted for how many years? It's not worth it. Yeah. Um, is in there, a situation like that. Is there? I listen to a lot of uh, wrestling podcasts, and mm. one of the things I hate about when whoever interviews a woman wrestler is that they automatically. Put them in the category of woman wrestler. No such thing. You're either a wrestler or not. Just period. Second off, being put in position as a woman in mm-hmm. a foreign country and having oh, yeah. to and having to experience the the prejudices or the preconceived notions. Like I didn't know that the the happy ending was a tie thing. I thought that was like a full metal jacket thing or something stupid like that. Oh no, uh, no, no. Um oh no, like ties were famous for Thai massage, correct? Which is, you know, another style of massage like the Chinese do it, the Japanese do it. But because of the annoying stereotype of our red light district, lady boys um, you know, ping pong shows, things like that. I oh, get shit. when I'm overseas and the moment I say I'm Thai, oh, you get the funny look later. 
or the giggle or the little peckle. So a lot oh, of times wow. I don't tell them I am. I just say I'm a half blood and I'm half American, which I am. I'm lying. Jesus, I just don't man. advertise my other part. <laughs> anytime anyone tells of me they're a stereotype. Anytime someone tells and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, I get excited. Anytime someone no tells worries. me they're Thai, I think like rice noodles, please cook for me. If you're not such a pervert, then you think about the awesome Thai food that we're known for. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, but, my, but my question is, is that in regards to like the, the stereotypical female wrestler, you're, you're a fucking wrestler, like pure and simple. Yeah. Pure and fucking <laughs> um, simple. Um, you still have a unique perspective on things. I would like to know the most badass story where things could have gone wrong and Miss Tyra kept a cool head and either walked the fuck away or got out of a sticky situation because of the uniqueness of who you are. Mm, that's a tough one. <laughs> like, um... It's it's even even if it was just like a shitty encounter with someone that bumped onto you in the street, like something that stands out that like you're you're not a delicate flower. You're a beautiful woman, but you're you're in no aspect you're 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 a wonderful person. But at the same time, though, you're like everything you're telling me is hinting that you've been in some weird weird shit. Oh yeah, when you're when you're in my position, whereby like my my foundation for wrestling and at that time i was working in singapore um uh what was this i've been living in singapore for seven seven years so during the last two years of the seven years that's when i found wrestling i was at the lowest point of my life whereby keep in mind if you in asia there's a standard unfortunately and um if you're not successful by your age 25, if you're not married by age 25 or have children or have a house or have a car, nobody would talk to you. What, like so that was a culture like I that? lived with. Yeah, kind of worse than being treated like an old maid, like a waste of society, things like that. Um, you know, that is the culture that a lot of non-Asians don't see, you see. And so, like, I knew that... Um, if not for wrestling, I, I don't know where I'll, I would end up being, to be honest. So I tell people wholeheartedly, it did save me. Well, how Honestly, did you, it how, did. <laughs> how did you find it? Were you a tape trader? Like, what was going on? I mean, like, one of, one of my favorite um, things about going to any... At the time, let's Sorry. see. At the time, I was just a ticket girl, you know, help. Um, because at that time, Singapore Pro Wrestling started their federation in 2012. And I just started helping out with volunteering with the doors, with tickets, um, help set up the chairs and things like that, what volunteers do. And then around 2015, oh no, yeah, 2015, I decided to try out. And um, by December 2015, I made my debut um, within that year. <laughs> Some what, people wow. are athletic and get their debut within months. I'm just the generic few that made it within one year. <laughs> while having a full-time job, while doing part-time master's class and training. <laughs> see, Managed to do all that, you see, at the time. <laughs> that, that, that's, a, that's an exclamation point. Tell us your successes. I, I would love to hear the things that you're proud of, especially after, what, if you're X amount of years old, then you're, then you're less than an old maid. Tell us some of your great successes. I'd love to hear this sort of stuff. Um, I guess one of them, I would dare say, um, was... 
helping this federation in India called Wrestle Square. They are the competitor of Great Khali's company on the other side of the country. <laughs> um, and when they started out, um, they would tell, they, we met, uh, I met up with them when we did like a collaboration show with like five other federations um, in Thailand, actually, one of the beach states, cities, sorry, and Pattaya. But um, unfortunately, at that time, our king number nine passed away. So one entire whole year, Thailand's not allowed to celebrate or sell liquor and things like that. No weddings, none of that. <laughs> wow. During that time, it was a very King Raman the Ninth is definitely like a dad figure to many of us Thais. You know, yeah, he kept the nation together all these years and till his very last breath. So that collaboration with like say a company from France, company from Hungary, eh, not Hungary, sorry. Um, Austria, apologies. So France, uh, Austria, India, Australia, myself representing Team Singapore. All five of us were, oh, and one more from China, so six. Six companies come together to try and make a big, big card show with all of us independents. But then the king passed on. He passed away and we couldn't run the show and it was a major loss. But we still make the best out of it with a very limited number of um, fans that came. Um, but because of that meeting or collaboration, we all networked together and I would not have been to India with um, two other girls from Russia. And we decided to pitch the idea for actual female wrestlers, not pretty girls in bikinis that, the Indian promoter was planning to do <laughs> and just booked the three of us for a, a triple threat, which was never done in India at that time. So I dare say making that happen in front of like 7,000 life crowd was definitely one of my biggest achievements and um, biggest experience because you never feel it, the moment you do your entrance, you feel like it's a dream. But the moment you know it's real is when you hear the fans bang onto the railings or clank, clank onto the walls or applauding so loud that you can feel the vibration hitting you. That's when you know it's real. This is it. It's not a dream. Does it and that you? was that that moment. It hit me. Pardon me? Does it freeze you? Do, I mean, like when, when it hit you, do, like what's going through your head when it hits you? Like I, I understand going on stage when it feels like a dream, but when... When you get a response back, like uh, it, it's uh, either puts a brakes on Oh, and you feel things. it hitting you? Yeah. Yeah, the vibration of all the claps and all the clanging and all the yelling, it hits your body. And initially, I admit, I had to hold my breath to stop my anxiety and then take a very deep breath before I, I go off and do my entrance and say, like, this is it. Let's make this happen. Let's do this. So that triple throw was definitely, like, historically for me, I would dare say, because <laughs> that's never been done. They've, um, Greg Kali, he's brought some TNA superstars. And from what I understood, it was a, a short segment, not even 10 minutes, 15 minutes, like the match I've done with the triple threat. Mm -hmm. And um, the crowd seemed meh because they're just foreign girls, skimpy outfits, shame, shame, boosh, done. So... You see, so sometimes other cultures are not that receptive, reciprocal or receptive of like 
showing too much skin, stuff like that. See, so help, help at me, least help me understand that. Yeah, you don't, you don't show skin. Uh, you you've got an amazing, like gorgeous costume. Like uh, like were you showing too much skin in the standard costumes that you or, or your gimmick gear? Um, our match definitely not much skin. Um, our all three of us didn't bear too much skin. At most, it was like. Um, like a tank top looking corset on one of them with no sleeves, but myself and the other girl were all covered up. So we stayed within the uh, respect, you know, to not let the, the, I guess, Indian crowd look down on us or shun us for disrespecting their what's acceptable to them. So that's something I felt that we did an amazing job, I dare say. <laughs> and I still take pride in it. Until now, oh, I managed to do a triple threat match in India. That's never been done before. Oh, hell yeah! Totally. Definitely yeah, that's, that's something I can brag about. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. <laughs> to a live seven thousand crowd like that, never seen wrestling, and they they love the show so much that the um, I guess the heel faction at that time that we, they did one of the guys got like a nasty beer bottle smacked right into his eye socket during his entrance because that's how much they hated that that faction. That's how much they hated them. <laughs> and to uh, have that kind of an energy, that's super rare to see. You only hear it when you when you hear stories about wrestlers going to Mexico. Or and all, Puerto but, Rico getting stabbed by pencils. Or Puerto Rico. Pee thrown yeah. like a But then for me to in a in India whereby wrestling is just never been seen because they're accustomed to amateur wrestling, the Olympic wrestling. And so when they see how larger than life it is with the ring and everything, it's like fresh to them. And they really get invested. That's why I was so surprised one bottle went by me and knocked the other guy on the eye. And I'm like, oh, Lord, was that a glass bottle? Because um, your eye's freaking purple red. Oh, you're going to get a nasty black eye. Owie. <laughs> Very much so. Sheesh. Oh, yeah. It was, it was definitely one of those, like, never forget um, experiences when you're traveling. And definitely remind yourself that you got to have travel insurance for sure. <laughs> That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And definitely don't drink the water from the tap while you're in India, like how you are in Mexico. Must drink water bottles, bottled water. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> That's a must. That was the Even first, brushing your teeth. That was the first thing that popped in my head when I saw y'all traveling to Mexico city was I, I've been to Juarez a bunch of times. And, um, first time we went, First time we went, all we had was some margaritas and some burritos at a Mexican restaurant, and then we went to the market and stuff, and on the way back, uh, my cousin Stephanie got sick. She was throwing up, like, hey, she, I guess she's just sick, and then, like, it was, like, three days later, my Aunt Mary calls me, and she's like, hey, how are you feeling? Like, I was in class, and, uh -huh. and I'm, oh, like, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. And she's like, yeah, well, not everyone else is doing good. Oh, what's going on? Oh, no. And, uh, yeah, uh, we just took uh, Michael and Jordan to the hospital. Your Uncle Gary can't stop shitting his guts out. And uh, you doing all right? Oh, no. And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> it, was like, it was like a oh, Wednesday. Yeah. We, we got back on Sunday, and, uh, and I was like, yeah, I'm fine. And I went back into my statistics, statistics class. I sat down <laughs> fucking three minutes later in my guts. And, uh, oh, man. And, uh... Uh, that was the first thing that popped in my head was say y'all going to to um, to Mexico. Number two was how jealous I was. You went down with an amazing crew. Can you tell? Can you lay it out? Who you went down to Mexico with? Oh yeah, uh, myself, 
Joey, or as provider, and then Delta Junior, all three of us are selected to represent um, IWC Legacy Denver, Colorado company, um, who sponsored us to go on this tour and be part of, um, basically, yeah, we, we went to the DU um, 13th anniversary show, and we were part of their big show that's the live on national TV and we're on newspaper. You're, uh, you're we, breaking up a bit. Yeah. Guys, it's my internet. I suck. I'm not as cool. Oh. Obviously, <laughs> my internet provider knows we are not worthy of Miss Tyra. Ah, uh, they'll be like that. It's all good. Um, where was I at? No, I forgot what I was going to no, say. You were at Chingasso. You were at Chingasso. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I actually remembered what Jerry taught me, and the word was Chingasso, which means brawl or let's fight. So after I said anyone... Oh, at the press conference, I said, give me anybody. I'm here for a good fight. I traveled around the world, all 11 countries, and I'm here for a good fight. And they just, you know, seem a little, it didn't feel like I pulled them in yet until I said, until I put my, both my fists up and went like, yeah, chingasso, let's go. And both Fantasmo and the veteran referee, um, they definitely went like, oh, is it lucha? Like, really, really pumped them up about lucha that um i leaned over to delta jr and go like did i say it right i didn't muck up did i i didn't mess this up did i <laughs> like uh, next thing i want to do is botch a language at a foreign country like i said earlier <laughs> no I, I i never heard that as a noun uh typically chingar as a proper word depending, uh -huh. on, how, depending on how to use it, it means to fuck or or <laughs> chinga tu madre, fuck your mother, but uh, chingada like okay, so a bad that sounds like what it really means is bad motherfucker. <laughs> that, that I understood it means let's fight. That's what I was told from Joey, so I don't know yeah. if I said yeah. it right, but I've heard the same. So. was like you got them. Yeah, you look look at them. They seem like their eyes, and I saw like their eyes all eyebrows wide open. Like oh, this one's here for a damn fight. Yeah, let's do this. Hell yeah. It sounded like that, and I'm like, Hell yeah. cool, I didn't mess up this time. Not, <laughs> it almost kind of sounds like that freaking, um, the, the, from the Selena movie, where she yeah. does the interview, mm -hmm. and freaking, like, she <clears throat> she ends up trying to do Spanish, and it doesn't quite work, but then she goes full-blown uh, English, and, like, they get into it because she she's passionate about it. Yeah. yeah like, almost yeah. a reverse version of that, almost. Yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 don't bring up Selena. You know, I get emotional about Selena. Oh, of course. He's still got that bumper hanging up in his garage. The bumper of Selinas. God, well, I'm, I'm going to make that in a fucking shirt. This shirt belongs to Tyra Rusamis. Yeah. I would rock that shirt. I would rock that shirt. I think you all would rock in it. <laughs> I would, I, I'm going to make that shirt. Oh, yeah? Tyra. <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> There's just being yeah. S's from like sleeve to sleeve. <laughs> That's cute. It, it could work. Um, I spent money. Yeah, uh, oh yeah, may I backtrack a little bit about Japan Underground Wrestling? It was there that I earned my nickname, the Exotic Panther, was actually from the, I guess, the OGs, the, the senseis of the underground scene. 
one of them named Fugo Sensei, and um, the other two, um, uh, the other one's Ricky Fuji. He used he still works with FMW, the Deathmatch nice. company in Japan, <laughs> and he's super cool, super super amazing talent. Um, and the last one is a uh, great Kabuki son, Buki Junior. Um, I believe all three of them kind of accepted me into their um, clique, I guess. And, uh, oh, and of course, one more, um, Mr. Humongous, he calls himself, and he's this Austrian um, badass cover tattoo, bald, big, big mentor, I would say. If it was not for all of them that know each other, I would not have met all of them either. <laughs> but, yeah, they gave me that nickname <laughs> because nice. apparently... They describe it as when I give my striker kick, it's like a uh, freaking explosive. It's not soft. And it's true. As a female wrestler, I view myself as a fighter. And if and the way they told me is, we'll let you come here and see how you are. But just because you're female doesn't mean we'll go soft on you. And oh, no, they weren't kidding. <laughs> I've taken all their forearms. I've almost had my arm yanked off. All that fun stuff with tango with them in, in that chained ring. <laughs> oh, and wow. honestly, you know, when people say you don't feel alive unless you're close to death or that adrenaline hits you, yeah, that's the most most high adrenaline I've ever had when I have to, like, scuffle with these big guys <laughs> in a shoot. <laughs> just, just straight up shoot. Yep, and um, I didn't give up. I hit hard. I kicked hard. And from then, yeah, they called me the Exotic Panther from Japan, and I take it with honor because I never, ever could come up with a nickname myself. <laughs> <laughs> a cook? Uh, that doesn't have a nice ring when you're a wrestler. Hey, you you've got, you've got Krapow. You've got Krapow. I know, right? I use that for my finisher because <laughs> it's my favorite dish. And nice. apparently the palace is my home's favorite dish right now. <laughs> But I didn't let you guys try my cooking eventually. I just have to figure out how to package it to you guys. <laughs> we will bring... Hey, we'll, we'll be there the 26th. We, we yeah, will... for the Omega. That'll be awesome. We... Yeah, yes, we'll be there. We have, we have the all-women's tournament coming up. It's our second annual show, and it's featuring all the women talents. I would say most are local, but we do have out-of-state talents like the Dark Sheik, all the way from Hood Slam, um... California, um, San Francisco, I believe, and she's also going to be one of the entrants or contenders to be the Omega Nine winner. Um, is that, is that actually set up is, like the Alpha Nine? Is it yes, the triple yes, threats it in them? Is. Okay. It starts with three ma uh, three way matches, and the winners of those three way matches will have their three way tango, and then from there you have one. Yeah, correct. Awesome. That's awesome. a very unique frame, a uh, unique blueprint, but. And you hardly see tournaments that have three ways. I mean, not to sound naughty, but you know, you hardly <laughs> have those. <laughs> yeah, it's no, very, we don't. Very we, we don't mind at all. Um, all right, do, 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 do they utilize the? Uh, is it nine <laughs> competitors going in, or is it? Is there going to be like a? The, I know at the Alpha Nine they utilize the uh, the Battle Royal yes, for correct. the um, the ninth competitor. Are you, are you guys be doing? Is it will be a similar thing there, or is it just going to be uh, the nine competitors already announced prior to the tournament itself? From my understanding, we've already found nine. We've already announced four, and now we're going to wait on the other five to be announced. 
<laughs> awesome. So it won't be like the Alpha 9 in that respect. However, last year um, we did something unique whereby the Alpha 9 winner at the time was Hunter Gray last mm -hmm. year. Uh, not last year, but the year before last, so 2019. Apologies. Yeah. Um, and then we had the winner, Aja, um, who is now the referee um, in WWE. <laughs> yeah, for NXT, Aja, yeah. Pereira, she uh, won the Alpha 9, uh, Omega 9, apologies, and she issued a challenge to Hunter for his title. So we had both winners have their little one of uh, singles match, and it was phenomenal. It was best of women, best of men against each other, and it was a very healthy match, I would say. Healthy? Yeah, both, both contenders were super strong, super athletic. It was... It's such a great match, you didn't care which side wins. It was, You know it's a good match if you can't decide who you want to win. Does that make yeah. sense? When, when, oh, totally. When during a match do you realize it's a good match? Other than the uh, crowd pop. As a wrestler. Um, honestly, it's the crowd. In my opinion. However, you do have... Scenarios whereby the magic happened because of that person. So in my experience, when I first started out, definitely Amy Sakura and Riho. This is before both of them got into AEW a couple of years back or still in AEW. Mm -hmm. And um, sharing a ring with both ladies is such a phenomenal experience because you feel inspired um, to do better and, and please uh, make them look good at the same time because you're sharing a ring with these amazing, amazing goddesses, in my opinion. <laughs> I can't wait to see so, you on the same stage. You deserve it. You're, you're I in. hope so. I hope so. I mean, uh, I'm not going to throw any names out there, but, you know, this is the industry whereby looks matter over technique, but then you also have the ones who have that X factor or technique over the look. So you always have, and that's the beauty of being in the Indies is that you have this mix of both um, competing for that spotlight or major break. And um, I think, I think it's either your luck or you're just so phenomenal. You can't be ignored. And that's like hard to do when you're in that kind of a competition, if that makes sense. And you're such a saturated, um, industry in america is so saturated your fans are spoiled for choices am i making sense <laughs> no that that, mm -hmm. that that makes perfect sense like is it a woman thing or is it just a wrestler thing though because that i think it's a wrestler thing i think um i mean men also go through it too you know you got uh example i can think of is kevin owen he may not be the body guy but man he can do that beautiful moonsault he can do the freaking sand on and all them I have uh, so... <laughs> all of his, I have all of his shirts from 2005 to 2009, and I I am literally wearing my Kevin Owens red shirt, red, the the red, the, the the black and uh, red ones that that replaced the the black and silver right now, <laughs> and, I ha <laughs> and I and I have those ones too. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. I point that out, right? Because you can relate to. A not body guy, but man, he's phenomenal in the ring, right? And that's something people can't ignore, of course. So, what I'm saying is that while we're in the Indies, we're still learning about ourselves and 
perfecting our craft before the big platform notices you. And I hope eventually some companies like Women of Honor or Shine or Shimmer rise. I wish um, uh, Chikara was still around because that was the other one I was hoping to go into. <laughs> Chikara was the shit. Yeah, yeah but... Um, that was unfortunate. You know, um, these are... There's many other indies that kind of put themselves out there, and then there's always that one that don't have the X factor or the it factor. And so to be the whole package, like how the looks and the talent, that's just such a – that's just hard. <laughs> how do you feel yeah. you fall into that? Well, I mean, I just had to adapt. Um, that's what I learned in my – this will be my sixth year in wrestling and as an independent um, reason, reason being um, in Asia, most girls are smaller than me. So they're definitely 90 pounds. So I can do power moves on them without a problem. However, when I went to Australia, they're not as small as me. They're actually taller <laughs> and bigger. The same in America, taller and bigger. So it don't make sense for me to make, to do such moves on them, it doesn't make sense. The psychology doesn't make any sense. So I have to change, adapt, and make myself a striker and attack from big boots. Um, shiny wizard Kropel. <laughs> how do you how do you overcome the anxiety before the matches if if you're encountered with such a uh, situation? Because uh, you and I have talked a lot. Uh, backstage mm -hmm. at CSW and uh, I, I remember you said something really particular to me and I'm not going to say it on, on, uh, on it caught, it on, caught on, to you, okay <laughs> on, on the podcast and and it, it was so personal and so vulnerable and it, it throws me in my tracks and but at the same time because like it was, you literally showed up that first time and I had the gig as an executive producer and I was trying to get shit done and I'm I didn't realize I was being really pushy. Uh, uh, for some people, some people told me I was being pushy, but um, in hindsight, you were trying to get in the zone, and I was like, "Yo, <laughs> what's going on?" Oh, <laughs> and, uh, but um, I apologize for if I made you feel uh, or ruined your zen. Uh, my, no, you're fine. My, 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 <laughs> I had to my, adapt, remember? <laughs> agreed. And my question is, how do you find your zen on that? When when you're in a situation that you're not exactly the most comfortable. I think it's just putting, I think, you know how, uh, the best example I can think of is when you watch, um, I guess, um, Indiana Jones, and there's this one part in the Indiana Jones movie where Harrison Ford didn't understand the riddle and the riddle was take the leap of faith and then he's looking in front of him there's no stairways in front of him <laughs> that is a great if he had not taken that leap of faith because there's there's a goal right in front of him but he doesn't know whether he should step on it or really leap for it because the hint was take that leap of faith right so it was that kind of scenario whereby like yo the fans are here. I'm here. Let's do this. You really should. Oh yeah, that's pretty much how I did. And inside my head, I'm going, "You got this." Reminding myself, "You got this." Whereas outside of me, I look poised. I look 
I guess, aggressive to some extent. <laughs> um, it's just channeling out that I'm not afraid. And I think that's something I've known, been known for. I mean, prior to coming to America, I did no ring shows. I've, did, I've done bar fight brawls. <laughs> so with that said, like, and at that time, um, you know, federations would bash on me. You're just, you're no different than a backyarder. You need to be fully trained by the professionals. And I told him, look, I have been. I just go where there's money. Firstly, there's money. And secondly, right. I get a, I can practice my craft. And I, I have the background of Taekwondo, Thai boxing, right? So I'm like, yo, I, if I'm a striker, I better practice this. <laughs> well, Not the fake yeah. crap. I, I <laughs> Not the leg slap. <laughs> Sorry, the, the, I don't do that. That's a lot of appreciation there and a lot of opening up. But like, you're mm. you're a pioneer when it comes to your craft. Oh, different. Not everyone's the same. Agreed. I also try and add some art to it because sometimes you have too many people so serious that it must be spot for spot for spot, but they don't take that moment to bask in that moment. If that makes sense. Perfect sense, but you know, like. It, yeah, but th th that's not my question. My question is, yeah, you show up, you do have, and you mentioned anxiety earlier. Uh, not that it was, I do, not, I do, not to shake it, it off. Yeah, you see that, that. What do you have a mantra? Like, like there's got like uh, when I was a little kid, and I was getting yeah. picked on. I, I, mm. I, I would always remember that Mr. T was my best friend but mr i didn't know mr t mr t was a, a an action figure and i religiously watched uh the a-team but mm -hmm. in my mind when i was scared i would remember what b.a baracus would say and i'd go in to a dangerous situation scared but i still went in and yeah and yep. my, my question is is when you're in those situations when you have that uh, layer of mystery or, or questioning or anxiety, like yeah, I, I'm asking a deeply personal question. Like, what what yeah. what's going on in your head? Like, what's your mantra? Like, how do you get to that spot where you can pop? Where where I've seen you, I've stood next to you after talking to you, <laughs> and then you pop through that fucking curtain like nothing had fucking happened. Um, yeah. Help, yeah. help us understand that because that's a big deal. You're not walking into like high school as a freshman. You're you're about to nah. go get you're about to go get beat up. <laughs> I guarantee. Oh, yeah, or beat someone up. One of the two. Yes, ma'am. Yes, <laughs> yes, ma'am. Agreed. But it's going to be a violent situation, guaranteed. Uh, oh yeah. From your unique yeah, yeah. perspective and from your own personal, um, I don't want to say demons. Uh, I want to say. Um, the heaviness that weighs you down when you're worried. Um, yeah. How do you get from backstage to the to the to gorilla to pop out and be fucking Tyra? Fearless. Oh man, fierce. That I think the music helps. One of them is definitely the music, and it's just a reminder. The music is a wonderful uh, mantra. Actually, the moment you hear it, you have this sense of like mystique, and Definitely taking deep breath. It helps when I'm doing my entrance. And um, yeah, like I said earlier, I told myself, hey, 
you told yourself uh, when you first started out in my head, this is before I come out of the curtain, I go, I tell myself, hey, this is your moment. This is you. You've come this far. You would think you want to give up. Like you were telling yourself, I'm just going to give this one year. Here you are after now going to be six years. That's why I told myself um, as I passed through and told myself, hey, you've come this far. Why turn back? Just go. Um, goes back to that reference image of Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones taking that leap. All you got to do is go. And the rest just comes into place. Now, the moment you have that self-control, I guess, or knowing that what you're doing. I appreciate that's that That's another metaphor. factor. Agreed. Yeah, I Agreed. think that's the best I can think of. <laughs> now, now, my question is, is if you're Indiana Jones taking that leap of faith, remember what Indy did. He grabbed a, a handful of gravel and he threw it on the invisible bridge. Correct, yeah. For, for everyone to follow him. That's my yep. question. What's your handful of gravel throwing on the invisible grid, uh, bridge that... Because, like, you never fucking know who's going to be awesome in wrestling. You, there's there's no such thing as nobody in wrestling. Um, yeah. <laughs> when, you're hand, when, you're, when you're throwing that handful of gravel for the people that understand to you to see that you, that you hope get to where you're about to get to, what's going through your head? Uh, like, what, what, what would you want them to know to get to that invisible bridge without having the the handful of gravel or, or you uh finding the the holy grail because you're you really talking about that i i know it sounds so stupid to, <laughs> to, to, to anyone else that doesn't understand wrestling would be like what the hell are these assholes talking about wrestling is life uh, i mean as an entertainer as well as a wrestler we're also responsible entertainers and crowd could read you you see and if they do read you being unsure or unsellable or unconvincing what makes them want to be like you or want to look at you so i guess the self-confidence comes when i do my mantra i.e this is me this is why i'm here i've come this far and there's no turning back i gotta go i got this that's and also breathing at the same time a lot of people forget that to breathe <laughs> breathing is definitely a, a must and i tend to do that when i put vicks on my chest or near my neck i'll feel i'll remind myself that oh if i can smell the vicks that means i'm breathing and i i can have some kind of clarity there so i hope that answers your question <laughs> no, no no that's that's wonderful i i just it, it's you can't just tell someone to like be inspired by me. I'm doing this nah. shit. Like, you no, know, what really inspires them is like when they find out that, you know, you hurt the way they do. And yeah. Yeah. It's, um, they forget that even celebrities are human. Right. They still turn to their vice. I eat alcohol or I don't know, cheat, whatever. <laughs> people forget that celebrities and even indies are, are people. Right. <laughs> I love the redemption stories, man. Like, I like seeing that Big Cass is back. Like, I love seeing that, like, Oh, yeah, for sure. It sucked he that... looked like a freaking beast. He does. He... It... What happened to him sucked. He was drunk. He was fucked up. He couldn't help himself. And then, now he's back. And he's doing his best. And that's all anyone can ever ask of anybody. And 
he conquered something. And you conquered the bullshit... Uh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm so ashamed to know I didn't know the stereotype, not because I wanted to be a part of it, but, I, but I'm talking about, like... I did not know that Ty meant happy ending. That's disgusting. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't know You know, know that, uh, like, you, you had scenarios like that, or like um, Ping Pong Show. The moment you say that, you associate it with Thailand... And imagine a person like me not want to talk about it because, um, you know, that shit's not something you talk over dinner table. Uh, I agree. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? So I, it's a little, a little awkward. <laughs> I, I've told Tony a bunch of times, like, um, the only people that's never ever called me a faggot were black people. No. <laughs> the, and the only people that's never fucked with me were Asian people. Um, white people all the time. I should, I should... Growing up in the military, I should and being picked on by a whole rainbow, <laughs> uh, a rainbow <laughs> I, 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 of people picking on me because I was a weirdo. Mm-hmm. I still had to fight. I I still had like there was a couple times when I knew I was gonna have to. I was told like I'm gonna fight you after lunch. Uh, oh, those are fun. Uh, but, I've always gotten those. I've always gotten such playground fights growing up too. I mean, that's part of the reason why I had to move schools when I was in America. Four different schools, actually. So it's not something I I should be proud to say. Um, but I fought because I believe in something. And the one I could remember most vivid was I believe 9/11. Right after it happened, near my school, um, there was this house. And this little six-year-old was in her front yard playing a sand thing or sand castle, whatever, or some kind of play-doh. I couldn't tell. And um, my classmate, sorry to say it, she's a Texan, loud and proud Texan. Right. She goes to this house with this poor girl in the front yard and starts throwing rocks at her and says, get out of here, you Arab. I was telling her, my classmate, stop it. This family is not Arab. Don't say Arab, that's wrong. Not correct to pronounce. Right. And she wouldn't stop throwing rocks at that poor girl. And I did what I had to do. I told her, if you don't stop, I'm going to make you. And she's like six foot two, bigger, bigger bones than I am. And I'm just a tiny five foot two. <laughs> five foot two girl that told a big girl to stop throwing rocks at a poor little kid. At that kid's yard, and I just took her down, grabbed her hair, told her, you better stop, and she wouldn't. Swung at me, and um, yeah, let's just say it didn't stop. <laughs> hope, um, the hope. parents came out. The parents came out and, and grabbed their little girl, and the moment I saw them take the little girl, that's when I kicked up. I pretty much broke her wrist. <laughs> I was I was about to say I hope there's a scar in that girl's body that every time she sees it she reminds it not to be a racist. Oh yeah, yeah, I did that. I I mean she was a I mean she's I get it. Everyone in America is opinionated and has a right for expression, but that doesn't mean that right should abuse someone else's right, let alone another fellow citizen. It it's just wrong. I don't know. It just felt that burn inside me. That's and a, yeah, I, I grabbed her by the hair, took her down and pounded her until I saw the little kid go inside with the parents crying. I, I never got I never got to see them again after that because <laughs> yeah, they clearly moved. Yeah, but you, you, weren't, <laughs> you weren't looking for a thank you. You were looking for a quit fucking with with an innocent. Yeah, I didn't. I did not approve. And the family, you look at their name. They're not even Arab. 
they're freaking Pakistani. You know, so it's like, the fuck is your problem? They're not the problem. Jeez, you I'm... see? So it I... breaks my heart, and I've seen it firsthand. And like, yeah, I got expelled for it, but I stood for something what I believe. And I wouldn't, I would never change it. Mother, on the other hand, was not happy. But <laughs> of course. <laughs> Course. Yeah, but just sharing with you. I didn't mean to cut you off. I apologize. No, no, you didn't. Cut, you didn't cut me off at all. You, like this. This is exactly why minefields exist. Is that we walk through minefields. And Tony, like Tony, when was he? When he realized what minefields really meant? Hmm. Um. No. No. I just kind of the first couple of weeks, and we did there for initial interview with myself, and you kind of you know you get into stuff. You talk about more than just. Basic questions. No, no, Tara, like, it's funny when she's, it's not funny. Uh, let me rephrase the, the, that's what regular ass people say. It is, it is interesting that she didn't tell that story because she wanted praise that she saved a Pakistani girl from getting belted with, with rocks. Her story was about standing up for what she believed in and getting her ass what probably when she got home and got expelled. And... She didn't even mention that. I assume she, you got your ass whooped, Tyra. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, uh, no, I broke her wrist. <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about wrist. when you got home to your mama. Oh, my mom was not happy because my dress was all messed up, like that she bought for me and stuff. So, yeah, she wasn't happy. Yeah, but, but <laughs> you, you stood up for what was right. And there's a lot of different yeah. things that, that are happening, especially in the business. And Tony and I talk about this exhaustively about what we like and what we don't like and what we want to change and how we're going to change it or if it could be changed. But these are the stories that are going to resonate with people. Like uh, like when you hear a really good song, and I really appreciate you sharing that. That That's that's not something that you just, hey, nice to meet you, Tara. So I beat up this white uh -huh. girl one time. Um no, uh, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I decided that, oh, because I'm deceitfully smaller doesn't mean I'm a pushover, you see. And, and it doesn't help that, I guess, a lot of people assume Asians are submissive or, like, easy pushover or keyboard nerd or whatever. Um, no, nah, I, I refuse to be, be um, not belittled, but, like, disrespected and if i see something wrong and i don't like it i'm not going to keep quiet about it right <laughs> mother would always tell me sometimes it's best to just turn the other way and i'm like no <laughs> that poor girl is going to be rocked like beat the crap out of her just because she's she looks like an arab that that's just that's that's unacceptable if if you don't, innocent child <laughs> if you don't mind me asking what's your mama's name Huh? My mother, English name is Elizabeth. Um, What's she... her real name? Mm, Charuni. Her Thai name is Charuni. My mother's name. Yeah. Is, my mother's name is Julia. Tony. Uh huh. Maria. Wonderful. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, my mother is a very. Um, she wished for me to be more feminine and not so aggressive, but. Unlike my sister, I'm not. <laughs> and are I've you, always been different. Are you really that aggressive? Um, comparative to m most um, Asian girls, I would say. What about your own? I would say what I What about am. your own definition <laughs> of what aggressive is? Would you classify yourself as aggressive? Uh, I 
I used to have a short fuse before, but now I'm kind of more mellow because I don't see the point of getting in a fight and have a bad record. <laughs> right. I mean, we're all adults, right? Um, from what I understand, you can, I think a, a police officer could even um, say you assaulted him for yelling at him or whatever. Am yeah. I correct to say that? You like, are. It get, a lot of policies get so hypersensitive, it's kind of not worth it. Um, getting a record. <laughs> Granted, everything you've told us tonight, uh, you've, mm. you've told us a lot of good, a lot of bad, some crazy ass awesome stories. Where would you want to see the business go? Because uh, one of the things that I really want to herald in, in Minefields, and, and just to bring it real quick, Minefields is questioning everything and exploring. And you showed us a lot of that tonight. Um, questioning and exploring where wrestling should be and it is a uh an absolute paramount like a a, a a monolith in the ground i don't care what's pin your legs if you're a wrestler you're a wrestler if you're a person you're a person um mm. where would you want after all your experiences and how you've been in many many locker rooms across the world and that's a really broad question you've been in a lot of places where would you want the yeah. business to be? I mean, like, like you can't just say, okay, we're going to change the world. Okay, women wrestlers are now known as wrestlers, and we're not going to call them that anymore. They're just wrestlers. But what true blue, true blue, what, what changes would you like to see happen? Hmm. It's hard to say because I remember before COVID, and this is me, myself, doing no ring um, matches around the world even. Um, and I have those who never done no ring shows um, telling me that I'm a backyarder. So that that mindset has already changed after COVID because firstly, we're not allowed to have crowds. Secondly, stuff could be infected like metal and everything. Yeah. So having a no ring show, which I got familiar with and we started bringing out at our neon light bar fights, which is the sister brand of our slate to the deathmatch tournament. Yes, ma'am. Um, extreme section. Um, that aspect actually was more inviting to non wrestling fans. That's something, um, I learned because you can only do so much wrestling show, generic wrestling shows for your wrestling fans. Cause there's not that many. But if you're able to broaden your product, in our case, the no ring deathmatch, neon light bar fights at a bar brawl setting with our rules and people love to drink, of course, uh, rowdy crowd makes a very fantastic show. Of course. Um, it shows us that we can broaden our fan base. Even non wrestlers would also enjoy what we do as well. So back to your question, I think wrestling has evolved to the point where no ring shows are acceptable and um that's awesome. a wonderful shift to see however um you know you have you, uh highlights of death matches or spot monkeys that how should i say um become over over the top like have no meaning or no purpose or why they do that kind of right. situation yes ma'am but we are in a situation whereby the most viral video from our side with Slate to the Deathmatch was when um, Murdoch did that Canadian Destroyer off the balcony onto the ring. Um, that itself 
getting noticed and being viral is like now the the thing to try and do it's a hard thing to catch on but once you do you you, you kind of make yourself known at that point <laughs> of no. course there's botchmania too who can make yourself viral too so it's either good or bad <laughs> so no. i think what i'm trying to say is I that um, I'm happy to see that no ring shows are acceptable by workers as well. Whereas before they would talk down and be like, you're no different than a backyarder. Let me rephrase. When people say backyarder, they assume that you're never been properly trained. Right. That's how they assume. But actually, if you look at, from my experience, when I did the underground wrestling scene, there was no proper ring. It's just chained. <laughs> rope instead of rope is chains and um it dawned on you later when you're breaking your fall even when you take judo when you do kickboxing and all you hit the ground it's gonna suck you know but you get back up and fight <laughs> so that's how i look at it that i think it's starting to be more realistic or realism and um as a worker you're forced to um think outside the box right so just to add to the the mix of like how wrestling has evolved, I'd say it's becoming more versatile. And a lot of people enjoy more blood too, it seems so. But um, it's not necessary, you see. Um, it's how you do it and there's meaning to it. And I think that's something that, the meaning to it is the the part that I'm missing nowadays, if I'm making sense. You're, <clears throat> you're, you're, you're wanting more poetry to the art. Yeah, I would like some poetry, and I think that's another beauty about um, wrestling. Like in lucha culture, must wear masks. Even with scorching hot 100 freaking Fahrenheit, you're still wearing your mask inside that power suit that you're talking in that press conference. That honestly floored me, because I'm like, whoo, I don't know if I can do that, and I'm already suffering with my face mask right now. <laughs> So that's something that hit me and it was admirable. Yeah. And um, I kind of miss that poetry or that double meaning or that respect. If that makes sense in wrestling. It makes perfect sense. Tony? Yeah, I could definitely see it. Oh, and I hate hearing people go, oh, it's so snug. It's too stiff. First thing I say to them is, first off, if you're going to be fighting with me, uh, it's not the leg slap whatever slap thing yeah no. sorry it's no. not gonna happen <laughs> I, I warned you but you're no you're no sexy star you're you're still protecting and i know oh, what, of course. I, I, see I, protect. I see i protect it. i see it i, I mean see i it. I, re I respect the sport enough to not like not intentionally you see the intent is there but you know that's the beauty of the art you see and that's something people forget and um or lose themselves while they're doing their match. I don't know how else to describe it, but you would see it when you have a trained eye or observate, observe a lot more. Yeah. I thought I had a trained eye until every time I watched a wrestling match, Tony would kick me in the dick. He's oh. a man. Nah, I'm just putting him over, man. He's, he's one of my best friends. <laughs> I just love the guy, man. You, you, you've worked with him. He's all, yeah. he's all quiet now. I know. Did yeah. I say something wrong, Tony? I'd, oh, no, you're good. I'd come out of retirement to wrestle you. Oh, for real? 
I'm, I'm, you know, I hear all the stories about your road trips when you used to be uh, with IWF and all. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm like, yo, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta see if you still got it. I'm down. Let's come out of retirement for that. Phenomenal matches, though, when I watched those old videos that Bubba would keep at our house, and I saw your your footages. Um, there's this one match you did with this really old veteran. Um, by veteran, I mean he looked like a military guy, and he looked like he murdered you half the time. <laughs> but you still sprung back up, nonetheless. No, that, I never actually wrestled Jimbo in a singles. So, so it was a different. Oh, so that's one guy. you never had. No, I never wrestled. Never wrestled Jimbo. And I wrestled in tag once. It's yeah. been it. Huh. Uh, maybe to do that one at some point. <laughs> For your re- coming coming back, man. Yeah, do do a whole do a whole tour. Why not make make a weekend out of it? Be yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh, one thing I learned about Mexico trip, and this is something I I feel like we need to add in our training. And here's something I'm going to throw out there. Everyone's going to hate me for it. Is be exhausted and wrestle. I sh- I kid you not. I've never been exhausted in my travels and still be peak adrenaline to the point I get my match freaking on, on point, off fumes because <laughs> I didn't sleep the night before because <laughs> traveling is just exhausting. <laughs> yeah. So that's something I'm going to tell everyone to train. Train when you're exhausted. Trust me, because when you're traveling, this is how you're going to feel when you're in a match. You're not going to be tip-top shape as you <laughs> Nope. That's uh, one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was um... – if you're working at your art, you're always going to be tired. Yeah. Yep. You're always going to sure. be tired. Just, <laughs> just keep at it and uh, figure out how to fill in the spaces in between. This is something Tony and I live and breathe by is filling the spaces in between uh, of uh, storylines, of business, of everything. Is f- figuring out how to fill in the spaces in between, like whether it's a two-hour nap or... Like God, like we we did like it was a twenty three hour forty five minute trip to Lubbock three weeks ago. A what now? At yeah. where? Yeah, we. Oh, that was Square Circle Pro in Lubbock. Yeah. Uh, where is that? Sorry, Lubbock. Oh, Lubbock is about eight hours, eight hour drive. Texas. South, uh, Texas. Hour and a half oh, south Texas. of Amarillo. Okay, yeah, Texas is roughly like an eight and ten hour drive. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a it was an absolute marathon and. Um, it was my first wrestling road trip, by the way. He totally broke my wrestling road trip, Cherry, uh, on, oh. on, on, on that one. We 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 worked the entire way. We filmed, and uh, that's actually something we want to talk about uh, okay. in just a minute. But uh, if you could give any advice to boy, girl, trans, what would you want them to know that you learned that you wish that you had learned at, at an early age? Hmm. Be more brave. Try not to care what people say. And by people, I mean even your family. If you really believe it with all your heart, all your soul, do it. Because like I told everyone, it's not wrestling is not for everyone. Heck, I never would see myself as a wrestler if you talked to me maybe six years ago before I learned training. I was a Zumba girl. I was an archery girl. I was doing... Um, Aikido, I was doing rock climbing. Did I say archery? Yeah, I did that too. So I was like 
pretty much fulfilling myself with so many hobbies that never really stuck to me. It made me an all-rounder for sure, but <laughs> it didn't really stuck to me that nice. resonates that inner side of me. If that makes sense. It does. I've always wanted to grab someone's hair and yank it so hard and smash it to the table. But of course I can't do it at my work life because, oh, I would love to do it to my old manager. Oh, grab her face and smash it onto the darn table, you cow. You know, <laughs> but I can't. But in wrestling, it's a healthy outlet and it's art at the same time. Thank you for putting it that way. That was that was beautiful. Thank you. No, lack of a better word. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Art is art. Whether it's, you know, Jackson Pollock throwing uh, random splatters of uh, paint at a giant-ass canvas or someone yeah. testing the limits of what different shades of blue on blue are going to yep. be a million dollars in the future or seeing a perfect photo of Kevin Owens delivering the most beautiful pop-up powerbomb you ever saw in your goddamn life to Sammy. Sammy True. That is a beautiful move. It's a beautiful, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's fluid art and he, he just pop-up powerbombed his best friend in real life. <laughs> so we all oh, got, yeah. we got all this stuff going on here and oh, it just happened. But then it did happen. We, we saw it happening, but then it, it resonated and you've got, uh, one of the premier leagues, feds, whatever you want to call okay. it. Okay. Yeah. In Denver. Uh, how do we find primos in, uh, on the social media? Um, yeah, primos. We got our Facebook um, page so you can find us as primos premier pro wrestling. Um, we also have, let's see, Instagram and Twitter for primos pro wrestling. So you can follow us on um, all three platforms. And, uh, yeah, as earlier mentioned on the 26th of June, we will have our second annual all women's tournament, um, the Omega nine. So definitely excited and practicing towards it because we didn't get to do it last year due to COVID and not enough talents to come and wrestle. <laughs> so this time now that things are opening up, everyone's healthy, well, going to be healthy or whatever. Most of us getting healthy. We all can get come, come together and make a killer of a show. Don't forget the school. Us women. Don't forget the school. We got uh, Joey and uh, Dusky train where? Ah uh, yes, we also um, train at this facility called called the Foose Box Sambo Warriors um, MMA facilities, and it's at Wadsworth. And so um, yeah, we we share the facilities at this um, Sambo MMA kickboxing facilities. <laughs> Well, uh, I hope it's just like crack and first one's free. <laughs> uh, we do have tryouts. So, like, yeah, the most of the inquiries would come for their tryout, and it's a free tryout, yeah, to That's see awesome. if they, they awesome. feel they can do it or not or they can take it. Um, like, not everyone is athletic. I definitely was not <laughs> when, I, when I first started out, but the moment you take your first fall is when you know yourself. How fast you get up is when you're ready. Does that make sense? 100%. But you can't just stay there for too long. Ugh. No. And in a real fight, why would you stay there for too long? You need to get, get back up and fight back. So Time that's the smash. same logic. <laughs> Miss Tyrus May, it has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you tonight, man. It, uh, awesome. Thank you for having me. We, we've we loved you for since the moment we saw you. But uh, <laughs> we have uh, some secrets to talk to you about, uh, so don't hang up. Guys. Okay. Sure. This, is, this is minefields. Tony, 
The guys have a good night. The transition is over.